For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. And we have a special guest, Rivals National Recruiting Basketball Analyst, Rob Cassidy. Rob's going to talk everything Rutgers recruiting. Thank you so much for joining hey, us, Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's nice to see Richie's face again. I've missed it dearly um, <laughs> since I'm not showing up in New Jersey as much as I used to. But thanks for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you might not be showing up in New Jersey as much as you used to, but it sounds like you're showing up basically everywhere else in the it's country, <laughs> uh, especially recently. Uh, so it's obviously... Uh, Rutgers has undergone quite a, a transformation over the last few years. Just talk a little bit about like the vibe check on Rutgers. Compare it to where it was a few years ago to where it is right it's now. It's been really interesting to watch because we all kind of saw the rise, you know, last year at this time starting. And it was like, okay, they've got a little juice to them now. They're involved with Dylan Harper. And what it really, really changed in my mind is when all of us, everybody that covers recruiting, were, was pretty much sitting at Hoopal Classic in Massachusetts this year. And out of nowhere – Ace Bailey commits to Rutgers. Nobody had anything ready. You know, it's like, why is this true? Yeah. First of all, I'd like call three people to figure out what had happened and why it had happened with out of, out of the blue. And that's kind of when I think the message got sent with, okay, this has gone from a program on a rise to a team that can really make some noise pretty quickly now. Um, so it's been fun to watch. It's always interesting when a program does this. Now there's got to be some results on the floor, obviously. Um, but I think they're confident that's, that that's going to come soon. Yeah. So, so one of the, um, not even, Talking about Ace Bailey, I want to go back a class and talk about Gavin Griffiths. Uh, just talk a little bit about his game, what kind of player he is. I know after talking to Travis Graff, uh, who used to work alongside you, uh, he mentioned to me that he's like one of the best shooters in the class, if not the best shooter in the, the class. The thing with him, and, and the, the reason he's ranked so high, he's one spot off of five stars, is guys with his length that can shoot the ball like that. And he's truly an elite shooter. He's not like one of these guys where people just call him an elite shooter. But if you give him an open look, it is going in. They don't come around very often. Now, he's got a develop the peripherals of his game i think he's not great taking guys off the dribble right now but that can come um but you know when you get a guy with that kind of length uh and that kind of shooting ability and that kind of defensive versatility there just aren't a lot of them like in any class mm-hmm. uh so we have him right there on the border of five stars and i think that's a good place for him i think he can outperform that ranking if you know his handle develops and everything develops around him but you know just on upside alone uh, i think it's a good ranking for him yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. I know you you mentioned just outside of five stars, so I'm going to blame. That's you fine. For I'll that take one, it. Right? You know, like this. I, <laughs> because because I think he was 20 before. And now he's 22 because I think someone you can right? yeah you can blame. I can't remember who it was that reclassed. Um, somebody was it Trent Flowers? Somebody reclassed in there. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. But you know, the point is, like, it's not an insult to the kid at all. But you know, if you want to blame me, mm-hmm. blame me. Half my day, every day is getting cussed <laughs> out by coaches and fans. So what's another like 10? That's fine by me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Rutgers fans have this eternal uh, feeling of everyone's out to get them. And if you look at it, it, it you know, from a 500,000 foot view, you went from 20 to 21. It's, it's like, not like he was you know, hacked off of the knees. Well, that's yeah. the thing. You know who else went from the edge? You know who else has that, yeah. that complex besides Rutgers fans? Every other fan, like, yeah, every, every, every school, like it's great. Like back when I was on the football side, we would really get emails that were like, "Y'all hate Alabama." It's like you had the number one class for like five years in a row. If we hate you, it's really we've done a bad job. Like it's love hating you. Yeah. you know? Insane, <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, I want to transition it to the class of 2024 now because that's shaping up to be arguably, and I think. Not even arguably, it's shaping up to be the best class of all time for Rutgers. I want to start off with uh, the point guard of that class, Delquan Warren. He's like a six-one point guard from uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. You've seen him on EYBL. Tell us what a little bit about his game and what you think Rutgers. Can there get. aren't a lot of guards in the country that play harder than him. He is an elite defender. That's his number one defining trait right now. Is when it comes to perimeter defense. You know, he's not going to guard a three for you because he lacks the height. But when it comes to defending guards on the perimeter, he can do it. He does it very, very well. He can take a point guard completely out of a game. Um, he's good at finishing at the basket. And I think that's gonna, that's gonna play well. You know, he takes, he's a little bit different than Griffiths in the way that he's, his game is taking guys off the dribble, creating for himself, finishing at the rim, despite limited size. He's not a great shooter yet. That's kind of the last thing to come for him, I think. Uh, and once that starts coming in, he could be an elite point guard. I think he's got the peripheral skills to do it. You know, he's got a little bit of mid range game to him. He's just not a great three point shooter, but he's a good passer and a great defender. And you can build around that. Who does his game remind you of, either at the current level? It's okay. I I hate it just because it's such like, I need time to think about this. Um, Sure. I don't want to compare him to anybody, especially not any NBA players, because then you get into like, today's day and age, somebody will find this clip. And it's like, you know, Rob compared to Quell and Warren to whoever, you know, and then for the rest of my life, it follows me around on Twitter. So I'm going to let him be the Quell and Warren, I think. And I think that's going to be good enough for Rutgers fans to really like him. I think he's he's the kind of guard that can contribute in year one, especially there. Uh, And I think you'll see him do some good things. Yeah. Right, how about this? If any of our guys we talk about today remind I will. you specifically of anyone, just throw okay. that name out 100%. I won't ask you again. <laughs> That's good. We'll clip it, though, and we'll put it on Yeah, make sure, so it's remove, and make sure to remove all context from it. So it looks like, oh. so it looks like I say, you know, Arius Bailey is, is Michael Jordan. <laughs> just, there you go. Please. There you go. By all means. See, I've been making – we'll, we'll get to that one, but I've been making the, uh, the KD comparison to him kind of just – See, genius. that's the dangerous thing. Like, yeah, there are traits. I see it. I 100% well, see I the traits. <laughs> but if I say that, it's, you know, it's over five years from now. Yeah. yeah exactly. He compared this college, um, his high school kid, to one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, shift – or staying with the 2024 class, um, I want to talk about Lathan Somerville. He's the newest commit for uh, Rutgers. He's a big man, but he's kind of like a mixed bag of – traits kind of for a big man because he's a guard too or what played guard he he has he can handle the ball a little bit now i'm not suggesting that you let him bring the ball up the court because that would be insane (laughs) but he has a little bit like in the last game i watched him in his shooting stroke is not pretty but he can make a three if you leave him out there like he will shoot it and it will look crazy but he knocked down about half i mean he probably only took four and he knocked down two of them so it's not like he doesn't need respected at the perimeter but obviously his game is inside he's a bully Guys bounce off of him. He finishes through contact. He rebounds the ball extremely well. He has great instincts on top of being like kind of a, a beefy, broad-shouldered, you know, kind of a throwback big man. Um, but like I said, there's some skills on the perimeter that are encouraging. Now, I would not. Like, I wouldn't suggest playing him out there. That is not his game. But, you know, it's nice to have a guy that can do that if he is left open or gets caught on a switch. He moves pretty well for as big as he is. I like him. I think he's going to be a great four-year college player. 
So he's the perfect fit for the Big Ten that refuses to adapt. Exactly. He'll bruise. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, I was telling you this off air, it's so hard these days. Every single big man think that, thinks they're like a stretch big. I'm a four, actually. It's like, well, no, you're not. And he understands this, you know. He doesn't think he's a three or a four. He knows that, you know, he's, his job is to rebound the basketball, create extra possessions, and bully people. And he does it very well. Perfect. Yeah, and plus, I mean, you don't necessarily need to be a knockdown shooter, but the threat – of making yeah. a shot has to be there so you don't get left there, wide open so you can have good space. There's a huge yeah. difference between a guy that isn't a very good three-point shooter and a guy that won't do it at all. I mean, a huge difference. And he fits in the first category. Absolutely. So he was a guy you highlighted in your top 10 performers mm -hmm. from the EYBL circuit. What was it specifically? Because you highlighted a, a, a game against, it was Bradley Beal Elite, I think, versus the New York Rens, where, you know, it went to overtime and he was, you know, arguably the best was, player for stretches. What was it specifically? What was it specifically about his game, though, that really impressed you in that in those? Uh, I think games? we touched on it there. He knows he is very aware of what he is and he is an animal about it. Plays extremely hard. And, you know, for a guy, he does have some bad weight to drop. Yeah, but for a guy, some guys that look like that and have a few pounds of bad weight that need to get off him will lose steam. As the game goes on, he seemed to get better in the overtime. He was not tired. He was not winded. And I think you'll see that out of some other big men in this class, like Peyton Marshall sometimes. If a game goes that far, he'll get winded. Uh, that did not happen to Lathan. And he seemed to, you know, I, I appreciate a, a throwback five, and that's kind of what he is in a way. So, so 92 overall right now, we're going to expect him to be one spot away from that five So I will move him up a little bit. <laughs> but hard to make a guy a five-star that's, you know, it's just not what the NBA wants. And you and I talked about this off air. There is – people have forgotten, I think, in rankings – that there's a difference between is this guy an NBA lottery pick and is this guy a great college basketball player? And I think that Somerville is going to be a great college basketball player. But some people want to look at him through the eyes of, well, he's never going to get picked number 20. But are we ranking NBA players? Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I, th that's a big debate in this industry is are we ranking draft picks or are we ranking college basketball players? And I happen to fall into the second category. Uh, some people fall into the first. Yeah, sometimes uh, the good bas college basketball players are also good NBA prospects, and that's a good segue into the diamond of the class. Uh, I think he's ranked fourth overall currently. Ace Bailey, he's probably Rutgers' favorite recruit all time, given that he's like this ace recruiter as well, for yeah. lack of a better term. <laughs> um, and he's just a total freak, yeah. And that's a, that's a, a pun that's been used a few times. I want to shout out Lex because she uh, wanted credit for it the next time we used it. But anyway, just tell us about Ace Bailey. I know he wasn't on the EYBL circuit, but this kid was uh, – you know, playing with the athletes of tomorrow in the AAU circuit this uh, spring, and he was healthy. So tell us about his game. What we're yeah, I've done. seen him a lot in different settings and all-star settings against, you know, high-level competition as well as in games that he just completely dominates. What's been super impressive about him is the way he's come back from the knee injury. The, the first, like, month or first two times I saw him after the injury, I was a little worried about him. Where is he ever going to be the same explosive dude? But he is now. It took him four or five months after, and that's going to happen. Uh, but he looks great. You know, he's getting better at shooting the ball. He's always been a freak athlete. And at his size, he can do a little bit of everything. He's kind of a unicorn. He handles the ball very well. He's an incredible passer. And that's new since the knee injury. Uh, there were times where he was throwing the ball in the stands a lot a year ago, two years ago at this time. Uh, but the periphery of his game is starting to come along. He's always been a high-level scorer. And that athleticism and size is just not something that comes around very often. And, you know, when you talk to NBA guys, they love it. They think he's a potential, you know, top-five pick. I agree with that. Um, I think that there's a good chance he could be one and done if he stays healthy. We're going to see with him, but I, like I told you, that commitment story is, is just from a media standpoint. I was sitting next to Joe Tipton and Eric Bossy and everybody from all these <laughs> networks, and you see, like, collectively, everybody's head pops up from their computer, and we're looking around like, who had that? Not a, nobody. 
just not a single person. So then it becomes like a, a feeding frenzy of everybody leaving the table, going in the hallway and making phone calls. And it was it was really something to behold because that doesn't happen often. We know. Usually no. we know where a guy's going. Like even if it's not out there, we know. We did not know he was going there and we did not know it was gonna happen that day. It was uh it was kind of crazy to be a part of. So can he be that number one guy in the class? Is it possible? Listen, it's he's got that kind of upside. It's not a good class either. Um the issue that I think may hold him back ultimately is Cooper Flagg might be coming in. That uh, from every from every source that I know, it seems like Cooper Flagg is eventually going to be a Duke commit in the class of 2024. And if that happens, he's the easy choice to make mm-hmm. one. If that doesn't happen, I think those three at the top with Bailey, Harper, and Johnson are a pretty tight-knit group. And yeah, I think there's a chance for sure that down the road he could be one. Now, I know he's playing with athletes of tomorrow and they're not EYBL anymore. Does that kind of hurt someone's recruitment a little bit because you're not getting to see them against the best of the best? Or is it because they're independent and it might help? It would way? hurt if it wasn't him. You know, everybody's seen him against good players. <laughs> you know, it would hurt. It yeah. hurts a guy in the 50s range or 60s range where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. he goes to BFE, Wisconsin High School, and plays independent basketball. We've only seen him twice against guys that are going to be in fraternities. That's not the case mm-hmm. with, with Ace. Um, I think that he probably won't rise to number one based on this year, um, but he's one that it's like I'd watch in the high school season because they're going to play a national schedule. He's going to be around, and that's when I think if he's going to make the move, that's going to be it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sweet. There's a name you mentioned before that all Rutgers fans have been very aware of for many years now. He's the younger brother of Ron Harper Jr., who is a Rutgers legend. He's been, there's a lot of whispers that Rutgers might be in the lead here. Is that what you're hearing? And what kind of player is Dylan? That's great. I think that he could be one too. Um, The thing about Dylan is he's got a little bit of, you know, I I liken this to like Isaiah Collier, number one this year. And they're not the same player, obviously. They play two different positions. But the thing they do best that made me feel comfortable with making Collier one is that even on the nights that things aren't going well, with the shot, you know, maybe you're not as efficient as you usually are. And Dylan is usually scoring in bunches, but even when he's not, you look down at the, the, and it's like, Oh, he had eight rebounds and six assists. And it's like, okay, he still impacted the game. You know, he's a real smart player. He's got a mature body physically, an absolute scoring machine. When he's on, he can take over games. He's, you want to talk about somebody that's proven himself against the highest level. You know, he's played for the Rens forever. They play elite competition. He's always one of the best players on the court. He's a safe bet in the way that I hires a safe bet. I think. Now, am I crazy for wanting to submit a future cast for Rutgers? I've been like, Listen, I haven't heard anything month, that's told like, me otherwise. Now, obviously, yeah. Duke is, you never really want to, you know, say that he's not going, he's, you know, rule them out. And I, I don't think he's going to Kansas, mm-hmm. even though he's, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's either Duke or Rutgers. And it might help in the long run. A, you know, obviously the bloodline's there. B, Duke mm-hmm. has publicly come out and said, you know, we're going to take fewer high school players. That, I don't know how that plays in the high school world exactly. Like, we're going to find out, you know, and maybe they are. Maybe that's, I mean, it's something Rutgers can use against him uh, if they're recruiting that way. And, you know, I think everybody is in this day and age. 
It's, yeah. I, I like him. I haven't gone out. I usually don't put in the future cast unless I hear something definitive. Like, I pretty much knew Bronny was going to USC, mm-hmm. and I wrote a story saying he's probably going to USC, but I still didn't feel good enough to do it. If I put it in, it's probably going to happen. And I, I've been close at certain times with him, too. So, yeah, I think there's reason for Rutgers fans to be really optimistic about it for right now, for sure. Yeah. Tell us about the shockwaves that it would send through college basketball if Rutgers was to land, you know, two of the top four recruits in the country, even though it's a down class, like you said, but two of the top four recruits in the country, like what kind of <laughs> expectations should Rutgers fans have moving forward and for that? Well, season? immediately you're going to have to get used to everybody is just going to, every fan is just going to accuse you of cheating. Like that's just, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, that's just what happens. That's the next thing. When you start getting accused of cheating, you know you're recruiting well. Um, it's like I said, I, I enjoy these kind of non-traditional powers getting these giant massive classes. It's fun. I was on the K-State beat when they got that class with Michael Beasley and they were the number one class in the country. Oh, and yeah. I was like, where did this come from? I was a beat writer uh, for K-State back then. And that was fun. It's good to see. I think it's good for the sport. I like the parody of it all. I like watching traditional fan bases get in their feelings. It's just like, it's, it's, it's fun to watch online. Yeah. Um, I want to t- touch on a 2025 class guy too, that Rutgers is heavily involved with too, is uh, Darius mm-hmm. Adams. Tell me a little bit about him. I know I've seen him a couple of times just because he's local and I'm. Yeah. He plays fan, for PSA Cardinals. He, he's another guy that's real battle tested. He's played for their 16s. I'll probably watch him this weekend. I'm thinking about him going to Dallas and I'll watch the 16s this weekend. He's, okay. you know, he's really for his size. He's really come a long way as a ball handler too. And I think a lot of people want to call themselves big guards. He can mm-hmm. play the two, uh, and in a pinch can maybe play the one. He handles the ball extremely well for his size. He defends every position on the floor almost. Smart kid at a great program. That PSA Cardinals program just pumps out D one kids over and over and over again. And I've only seen him two or three times probably, but I'll be focused on him. I'm going to do primarily 16s this weekend, so I'll know a lot more about Darius uh, this weekend. Okay. Sweet. Who are some other targets Rutgers fans should be keeping their eye on in terms of uh, either players that Rutgers is showing a ton of interest in or uh, players that are showing interest in Rutgers? Those are the – I think we've covered the big ones. You know, and I don't know if this is a Rutgers guy or not. I've always wondered what's kind of – you might be familiar with him, Richie, because he's local up there. The, the point guard of Lujai, Jalen uh, – what's his name? Short kid, Jalen Reed, also plays for PSA. He's unsigned. Okay. He's a little undersized. Yeah. But, man, I think he can help a high major school. I don't know if they've reached out or what's happened there, but I know he has some high major offers, and he's just kind of waiting. He's a 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea if Rutgers is involved there. I don't really – it's so hard for me because I talk to so many of these uh-huh. kids where it's like they'll give me their list, I'll write them, and then the next day it's like every school they mention, unless it's like a top 10 kid is out of my head, unless I have my spreadsheet in front of me. So <laughs> it's tough to just kind of throw out yeah, names. Yeah. So, so now you're you're in an interesting situation where you were covering football recruiting, you're covering basketball recruiting. We always hear the stories about how slimy basketball is compared to, uh, slimy to close. football. Is, 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 no, it's is the other it, way around. True? Like, oh, other way yeah, around. And nobody, that, nobody has figured that out. You know, I started covering basketball. You know, I was always a basketball mm-hmm. beat writer. They needed help on the football yeah. side at Rivals. I did that for a few years. Now I'm back here. But like, the shoe companies at least are like up front, right? Like mm-hmm. oh, whatever that yeah. like – Everything's organized. The money, you know, even before NRI, you know, at least it was getting filtered through like things you could track. In football, it's you know, it's like a guy named Steve with like that runs a that run. <laughs> it's like a guy named Steve that runs a training thing called All Athletes or Dogs Training LLC, and like it's and you don't really know who to talk to or where the money's going, and like it's just it's the wild west because the shoe companies tried. 
they tried to kind of harness this thing with with seven on seven and you know sponsored seven on seven teams. But once they realized what was really going on, they were like, "Forget this, we we're out of here." It's you know you couldn't imagine how crazy it is over there. It's, basketball gets the rep, but that is not. And maybe ten years ago it was, but now I mean yeah. the money that that's being poured into the football side has made it insane, and it gets crazier every year, and it's not even close. Yeah. Well, I guess I never really thought of it that way, but. Yeah, it makes sense because you need 85 scholarship kids in football. Yeah. Too, so there's just so much more money quality-wise. Maybe the top – Think about how many handlers there are with no shoe involved. And it's yeah. like, all right, every like little town in the middle of nowhere has some training company where a guy's trying to get rich. It's like, oh, oh, that's not his yeah. guy. you got to talk to – you got to talk to Jim at, 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 at dogball. Yes. <laughs> like, who? <laughs> so, yeah. The more you think, the more you bring it up, it kind of makes sense because there's there's a certain four star I reached out to the other day, and he's like, "Oh, I talked to my dad. I talked to his dad. Dad's like, no, you got to go through his uh, his publisher." And I'm like, what "At least in basketball, like, it's like it's he's got always the coach. You know, it's either his summer coach, yeah. or it's the high school coach. In football, it's like yeah. there's a publicist named Maureen. It's like well, a publicist, yeah. like he's 16. <laughs> what? Hey, okay, that's just point. so wild. That you call a parent." And the parent yeah. tells you to go through someone else yeah. and talk to them. Well, and child. listen, I will stand insane. up for the handlers in the world because, you know, if I had a high-level kid, I'd get him a handler. Because I don't know, like, let's say if my kid was a high-level football player, I don't know how to deal with this stuff. It's crazy. So I would enlist yeah. one of the yeah. many good handlers I have. You know, there's a place in the world for handler. They do a good job. They do help. Now, you can argue with the morality of it if you want, but they do help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it seems True. like Rutgers has had some bad luck with handlers, at least Uncle, in the last yeah, few for weeks. For sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, it all balances out. I'm sure that there's some handlers that have helped Rutgers over the years that you would never hear about because you only hear about the ones. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to yeah. tell you who they are. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, so you've given us, you know, a, a good amount of your time here. Is there anyone else in the Big Ten that we should be looking out for that might not be a traditional power moving forward that Rutgers fans it, might? I'm be, interested. Uh, I wouldn't say look out for them necessarily. But I'm real interested in what's happening at Maryland. Like just it, just because the coaching yeah. change, they always feel like an underachiever to me. And I go through this with Arizona State too. It's like why? Like how are they not better? <laughs> so eventually something's going to give over there. And I, I don't know if that's going to be this year, or next year. But it seems like kids have kind of bought in a little bit uh, to what they're selling. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if it changes and starts producing recruiting results. It hasn't quite done it yet, uh, but it could. Yeah, that Harris Smith kid's really good. He is good. really good. He's phenomenal. I, yeah, I got to watch him in Delaware, I think, uh, this summer, and he's just... He, he also just ends up with a bloody nose in every single game. He's like a crazy, <laughs> like, diving on the floor. It's like, oh, he's got a yeah. black eye. Of course he has a black eye. Jeez. I didn't see that. Always, every game. It's like, there's like blood yeah. coming out of one of his orifices at the end of every single game. It's like Colin Pine, but for basketball. It's really something. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. I, I got one more for yep. you real quick. NIL, what overall thoughts? It, I know what you, I know what the PC answer has to no, be. No, but. forget the PC answer. This is what's funny about <laughs> it. When you talk to the kids about it, they still act like they're committing a crime. When you ask them, like, ask a kid, say, how much should NIL have to do yeah. with this decision? And they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. It's okay. It's you can like, say that it's okay now. But they're still in coaches. They're stuck in this world where they don't know what they can say. So they just have to pretend mm-hmm. like NIL, never heard of her. It's like, we know it's the only thing moving the needle. No, it's not the only thing. I think the facilities probably still matter a little bit. And obviously the ability to win and more importantly, the pros that you've put in the league. But like, we're, we're going to sit out here and pretend like the money that is not something that anybody's thinking about. It isn't the first thing. Then we're all crazy. And yeah. it starts with the college coaches who like, 
the reason they can't talk about it is because they've built their entire lives on, we want kids that want to be here. And we are molders of men. And this is student athletes. So for them to be like, we got them because our NLI paid them a bunch of money goes against everything they've kind of built themselves up to be. So they have to lie. And when they lie, the kids feel like they have to lie. So they act like they've never heard of name image like this till this day. And I wonder when we're just going to drop the charade and be like, okay, yeah, they gave me a bunch of money. Yeah. But, uh, and it so. is interesting. The schools that have these different hierarchies. So Richie knows this intimately, like Penn, Penn state has football, wrestling, then basketball in terms of where their donors sure. are sending money to. And then you have a school like Villanova or Georgetown, like these traditional powers that only have one place that they're sending money. So it's just like a weird it's, kind of situation. It's absolutely nuts. It's the wild west and I love it. And it's just, I just, I, I don't know why we're all decided that we all have to collectively lie about it. <laughs> That's the best yeah. part. Yeah. And it, so like now, all so these collectives, the yeah, all these collectives are in the news. Like you don't lie and read about Miami's, yeah, and, but you ask a player, a coach at Miami, like I don't know what it is. It's like yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you haven't read about that. <laughs> I never talked to Ruiz ever. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> man's gonna bankrupt his company over this. But no, no, that's just nah, push that on his own. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. No. Nuts. So go through the publicists, go through an accountant, just to talk to player <laughs> yes. X. All right. <laughs> uh, it's the world we live in, but I enjoy it. So it's it's good. Yeah. All right, that's all. That's all I got. I don't know if you have anything else, Mike. Where can the people find you? We really appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cassidy underscore Rob because a person has Rob Cassidy and they've had it since 2009. They tweeted once looking for their lost sister, and I can't get the account. So it's Cassidy (laughs) underscore Rob if you want to follow me there. uh, That's pretty much it for me. You can find my stuff on Rivals uh, on the national front page, and, and that's that's that. Did they find his sister? Uh, I don't know. There's just one. It's like just on here looking for my sister. If you go look at his timeline. And that's it. That's the end of it. And it was like in 2011 or something or 2010. And it's just, it's a lost cause for me. So I'm Cassidy underscore Rob forever. (laughs) All right. Well, Cassidy underscore Rob, thanks for joining (laughs) us. Thank you guys. Uh, Rutgers fans, thanks for tuning in. Uh, It's been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.